So welcome to the 43rd episode of More Than Bread. My name is Dan Old. I'm the host and I'm also a pastor. I've been a pastor of Calvary Church located in central Pennsylvania and beyond for 30 plus years. And, and over the course of those years, I've developed a deep love and respect for scripture, for the Bible. The, the first 40 plus episodes, if you were with us, took us through the whole New Testament. And the next 21 episodes, we'll do a, a bit of a deeper dive into the Gospel of John. Before I share a bit about the Gospel of John, let me remind you, if you've been following along or share for the very first time the vision of this podcast, and and I'll start by sharing a story. It was Christmas 2008, the first year that our whole family went to Myanmar. We we were there for Christmas Day, and and that Christmas Day I had the opportunity to talk about Jesus, one of my favorite all-time subjects and favorite people. I, I had the opportunity to talk about Jesus with about 1,500 Buddhist villagers from Myanmar. Not only did I talk about Jesus, but but we lived and loved like Jesus also. Calvary, our church, helped to feed them. We, we fed them that day, and in addition, uh, gave them enough rice for two more meals. In fact, that was probably the main reason they came, to be honest. Um, uh, <laughs> the reality is my preaching isn't really a huge draw in Myanmar. They received a box of cooked rice uh, with two to three small pieces of meat. The meat was a luxury, and a small piece of bread. And then they received a bag of rice for future meals for them and their family. And, and after I shared my message, as I helped with the food, I, I watched these people stand in line waiting for food with a sense of urgency on their faces. And when the word was given, I, I watched the crowd surge forward, pushing, shoving, knocking elderly people and small children to the ground as they were grabbing their free food. They were so urgent. At first, it kind of disappointed me, and then I just remembered that they were hungry, and I realized they were afraid that the food would run out. As I stood there about 12 years ago, I remembered a Black Friday story that had happened just before we left home. A thousand plus people standing in line to get a good deal on a high-definition flat-screen TV, stampeding through the doors, trampling and killing a temporary employee. Same urgency, just a different goal. We've all felt urgency at times, right? That, that sense that something needs to be done right now. Some things got to change now. Can't wait. Got to do something. It's urgent. Timex, the, the watch company, once did a study of urgency. They wanted to see how long people would wait before taking, ur- taking action in a variety of situations. And the researchers discovered that a sense of urgency will come in about 13 seconds if we are behind a car that stopped at a green light. 13 seconds and we got to do something. We, we honk. On the other hand, the sense of urgency comes in about 26 seconds and we're at a movie theater and people are talking loudly during the movie. We'll wait 13 minutes for a table at a restaurant before a sense of urgency causes us to leave. 20 minutes if we're waiting for a blind date and up to 26 minutes if we're waiting for the last person to come for Thanksgiving dinner. Then the urgency sets in. But let's be honest, none of those things are really urgent. In fact, stuff like that has caused us to be confused about the difference between what's important and what's urgent. What's important in your life and and what's urgent in your life? But, But here's the deal. If it's not important, it can't really be urgent. The dictionary defines urgency as something of importance requiring swift action. Urgency is an earnest and persistent response to a pressing situation. In other words, urgency is a subset of what's important. If it's not important, it's not urgent. (laughs) 
Now, any number of issues in our world today could cause a sense of urgency. The plight of orphans, the environment, poverty, politics, racial conflict, the, the mental health of someone we love, cancer, an unreconciled relationship. But, but here's what I think. I think that while many things could seem urgent, what actually becomes consistently urgent is whatever we think will bring us life and is missing. In other words, urgency is defined by hunger. Urgency happens when we lack something for which we hunger. Now understand, when it comes to the cultures of the Bible, the people were more familiar with famine than they were with fast food. They were an agrarian culture shaped by poverty, more like Africa than North America. And in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus is quoting words from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Jesus answered, it said to the people, It is written, People shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. More than bread. We, we hear those words and, and we're tempted to think, of course, we, we have to have peanut butter and jelly, not bread alone, mayo and honey ham. But, but Jesus wasn't thinking of having a diversity of food. In Jesus' day, bread alone was a usual meal. Bread was life. Without bread, there was no life. If Jesus had grown up in Myanmar, he would have said, you cannot live on rice alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, there is no life without the word of God. According to Jesus, there is no life without the word of God. So we should be urgent about the word of God. It, you can be healed from cancer and not have life. We could work towards increasing measures of racial unity and still not have life. You could dive into social justice issues like sex trafficking and, and still miss life. Because we cannot live without the words that come from the mouth of God. At least that was what Jesus thought. You may or may not think that, but kind of hold that aside for a moment and just realize this is what Jesus thought. This is what many of the people of Jesus' day thought. So before we jump into the Gospel of John, just ask yourself this question. What is my most urgent hunger? See, really, I have two goals in this series on the Gospel of John, these next 21 episodes in the Gospel of John. The first is simply that we would read the book, read the book, read the Bible, specifically the Gospel of John. But, but a lot of people, you know what, a lot of people have formed ideas about the Bible while never even reading the Bible. And I would just love for you to read some of it, whether you believe in God or not, I I'm eager for you to read some of the book. I believe that the Spirit of God will whisper life into your soul as you read the book. Secondly, and from my perspective, perhaps even more importantly, during this series of episodes on the Gospel of John, we're going to spend a few weeks just pondering Jesus. In fact, Jesus called himself the bread of life, and John calls him the Word of God made flesh. We'll get that in the next episode, the very beginning of the Gospel of John, the Word of God made flesh. So podcast entitled More Than Bread ultimately should be drawn to Jesus because Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. The Word of God is the what, what we need even more than bread. So in this intro to John, let, let me do two more things. First, a bit of an intro to the Gospel of John, and then a, secondly, a few pragmatic bits of info as we get ready for John chapter 1. First, a bit about John. I'm going to do an introduction here to the Gospel of John. Like the other Gospels, the Gospel of John doesn't name its author, but it does refer to its author as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Disciple whom Jesus loved. 
most commentators agree that this was most likely John. John was part of the inner circle of three friends who were always with Jesus, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. See them all the time in the Gospels, all four of the Gospels. As we read the Gospel of John, we find that Peter definitely is not the author. We, we were able to tell that from um, what, what we read. And James likely died too soon after the resurrection of Christ to be the author. In addition, it's fairly unanimous among early Christians that John was the author. John was not only one of the first followers of Christ and, and one of Jesus' closest friends in that inner circle of three, he, he would also become a leader of the church, specifically a leader of the church in the community, the region of Ephesus. He wrote that weirdly compelling book, the one we call the book of Revelations. <laughs> and he also wrote um, three small letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Now, now John's gospel, as, as you get into it, it's somewhat different from the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those three gospels are sometimes called the synoptic gospels. And and they're called the Synoptic Gospels because they come together. They go together. Oftentimes, um, you'll see long sections of Scripture that are almost word for word the same amongst the three of them. Many commentators believe that Mark came first and Matthew and Luke were more based on Mark. And then there was another source that, that we, we haven't necessarily identified that sometimes they just call it Q. But another source that, that was used by all three of them. But those are the synoptic Gospels. They have much more in common materially between the three of them. John's Gospel is the outlier. For example, there, there is no nativity scene. <laughs> Instead, we'll see in the next episode that John starts much farther back in time, like all the way back to creation to set the stage for Jesus to come. You'll hear the words, in the beginning, in the beginning, right? You know, connecting it right to the book of Genesis in the beginning. While the other Gospels paint a picture of Jesus the King, Jesus the Servant, and Jesus the Son of Man, John, more than the other three Gospels, paints his picture of Jesus with the brush strokes of divinity. John wants us to know that Jesus is the Son of God. In fact, John clearly states his theme in John chapter 20. It says, He rose so that those who read it might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and by believing, they would have life. Now, one last thing I love about the Gospel of John. John lets his material kind of hang on two sets of seven. Seven I am statements, like I am the bread of life. Seven I am statements made by Jesus to describe himself and his mission. And then seven miraculous signs, not just miracles, but signs that pointed to who Jesus is. Signs that were done by Jesus to describe himself, and his mission. So we'll watch for those as we make our way through John. And finally, just a, a few pragmatic notes about our journey with Jesus through the Gospel of John. There are 21 chapters, so there'll be 21 episodes. Each episode will cover one chapter of John's Gospel. This, this episode is just the introduction. So the next episode will be John chapter 1. Um, in each episode, I'll read the scripture first. In fact, I'll I'll read each chapter twice, but at the beginning of the podcast, I'll read from the New Living Translation, and I'll, I'll make a few comments on the, the whole passage as we go on. And then I'll take another 10 to 12 minutes or so to dive a bit deeper into just one section of the chapter with some devotional thoughts and, and some application. Then after that, I'll read the chapter again from a paraphrase, like the message or the passion paraphrase. 
Now, you may be thinking, if you're not familiar with this, what's the difference between a translation and a paraphrase? Well, typically, a translation is an effort by a team of linguists, biblical scholars, historians, to make a word-for-word or sometimes thought-for-thought translation from the Greek text to the English. So the New International Version is a translation that goes thought-for-thought. The New Living Translation is a translation that goes thought-for-thought. They're very... Uh, very careful to take the meaning of the first century and do as good a job as they can of bringing that meaning into into our day and age. But a paraphrase, on the other hand, is often the work of one person or a small team with a bit less regard for the academic work, putting it far more into the common language in, in a way that will connect and move us. So I use translations like the English Standard Version or even the New Living Translation to some extent, but the English Standard Version is a good one. I use um, translations that are word for word or thought for thought as study Bibles. Paraphrases I often use as, as devotional reading. So it'll be reading the chapter in something like the New Living Translation or the English Standard Version then some devotional thoughts, and then ending by reading from a paraphrase like the Passion or the Message is another great one. I'll drop uh, four to five episodes a week, usually Monday through Friday. Um, Saturday will be a, a day to catch up or reread, and Sunday's a day off. Um, and, and finally, you'll, you'll hear me often talking about three words. It's how I approach Scripture. Um, listen, learn, and lean. We listen, first of all. And, and listening is is hearing the word, letting it soak in. But there's also a sense of listening to the Spirit of God, the whisper of the Spirit of God as we read the text. But but there's a listening aspect. There's also a learning aspect. Oftentimes, you know, we emphasize a learning aspect uh, to everything. But but the reality is it's just a part of the process of diving into Scripture. But there there is learning in the text. Um, we learn principles and promises and and the, the worldview of the Bible. We, we learn about the character of Jesus. There's much to learn. But the listening and the learning isn't really of value until we lean. We lean in. We, we surrender. We apply. We, we do. Uh, James, a uh, half-brother of Jesus, said, it's not enough to be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. It's not just about learning about Jesus. It's about following Jesus because he is amazing. In the next 21 episodes, I hope you are amazed by Jesus. That's, that's really my goal. And, and as I close, before I pray, I just I love how Max Lucado describes Jesus. He writes these words. He says, forget MVP. He's the entire league. Head of the parade, hardly. No one else shares the street. Who comes close? Humanity's best and brightest fade like dime store rubies next to him. Dismiss him? We can't. Resist him? Equally difficult. A Savior found by millions to be irresistible. Nothing compares to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. The reward, Lucator writes, the reward of Christianity is Christ. Do you journey to the Grand Canyon for a souvenir t-shirt or the snow globe with the snowflakes that fall when you shake it? No. The reward of the Grand Canyon is the Grand Canyon. The wide-eyed realization that you are part of something ancient and splendid, powerful, and and greater than you. The the cash of Christianity is Christ. Not money in the bank or a car in the garage or a healthy body or a better self-image. The Fort Knox of faith is Christ. Fellowship with him, walking with him, pondering him, exploring him. The heart-stopping realization that in him you are part of something ancient 
endless, unstoppable, and unfathomable. And that he, who can dig the Grand Canyon with his pinky, thinks that you are worth his death on Roman timber. Christ is the reward of Christianity. I'm so looking forward to our Jesus journey, maybe even more than you are. But as I close, let me just pray for us. Father God, I just thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for these next 21 episodes where together we're going to have an opportunity to ponder Christ, to, to let Jesus saturate our souls, our hearts, and our minds. And I pray that you would, Spirit of God, I pray that you would whisper through the Word of God into the very hearts and souls of each and every one of us who, who go on this journey. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would open our eyes to see Jesus in new and fresh ways. I pray that Jesus would, would come alive as he is living now, that he would come alive in our hearts and our minds, and that we would become followers, apprentices of Jesus, and not just, not just students, not just learners. Jesus, thank you for everything that you have done for us. In these coming days, we open up our hearts and our minds to who you are. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me for More Than Bread for the intro to the Gospel of John. 21 episodes in the Gospel of John. John chapter 1 comes up in the next episode.